Welcome to the KCSU Sports Podcast. My name is Eliza Drotar. And I'm Ewan Pert. We are the sports directors here at KCSU. We talk club, college, and professional sports here at CSU. Welcome back, everyone, to the KCSU Sports Podcast for the January Sports Review. I am your host, Ewan Pert, with... Eliza Drotar. What's going on, guys? And we're having a great time, and we are ready to talk to you about some January sports here at CSU, see what's going on around the school and what's been going on with CSU Athletics. We're just going to jump right into it. You ready? You ready to talk some men's basketball? Oh, most definitely. Let's do it. They're kind of the talk of the town recently, seeing as uh, they haven't been playing that well, and, and people around the uh, campus are very disappointed in the team. They are 2-6 and six in January and now are 10-13 and 13 overall and 2-8 and eight in conference play, but they lost four in a row now and eight of their last 10 games they were eight and five and now they're 10 and 13 so they're just really underperforming compared to where they started the season well I mean I think the good thing is they started off really strong even without uh, having Isaiah Stevens on the team for a little bit due to injury but then it seemed like as soon as he came back there was a power shift or dynamic shift that just kind of let the team fall apart in a way. We saw that Tanjay isn't performing as well as he was when we had Stevens when he was out. But now that they're both on the floor, it seems like there's just not as much communication between them all. Yeah, I think that that dynamic has been one thing that's changed a lot. One of my notes here has actually been John Tanjay's drop-off since the return of Isaiah Stevens. He just hasn't been able to produce as much, and that partially is just because he doesn't have the ball in his hands as much. Isaiah Stevens is averaging 18 points and six assists which means a lot of plays end up with the ball in his hands and him being the decider who gets the ball and he might decide he might decide more often that Tanjay doesn't get it whereas when he when Tanjay was the first option he kind of just was like give me the ball and everyone was like okay yeah I think that's I think that's a big thing that happened I also think that it is the duty of a point guard to get the ball to their star players and the players that produce for them. So while Stevens is playing really well with the 18 points and six assists, I think he needs to work on getting it to his teammates that need the ball more often in different ways than Tanjay's been getting it, especially compared to the start of the season. And I think that's that's his next step to make this team better and maybe start turning this around. I mean, I'm with you on that 100%. I think also another thing that's uh, changed the team a lot has been Patrick Cartier's um, moving up into the starting lineup. He used to be off the bench when it was just Tanjay, and then and then Isaiah Stevens came back, and Tanjay was number two, and then Patrick Cartier also moved up into the starting lineup. So basically, the top three scorers were all on the floor together at the same time, basically always with the new rotation. And I think Cartier, while being one of the main point getters, most gets like I think the most rebounds on the team too. He was more valuable off the bench, in my opinion, and and it's it's kind of been detrimental almost to the team to see that happening with Cartier taking the ball out of Tanjay's hands more often being maybe even the second option depending on how Isaiah Stevens feels about who he's going to pass the ball to that day. I mean I think Cartier has really made a massive impact on the team in the last couple weeks. You will normally see his name on the top of the stat sheet Mm -hmm. and I think it's very impressive to see how far he's come from being just off the bench to now being basically one of the star players that you look forward to seeing whenever you get to the basket. Yeah, he's averaging 13 points. That's 0.2 less than John Tanjay right now. Two less rebounds and 0.1 more assists. So they're very similar players overall. 
but Cartier has significantly better field goal percentage, 65% from the field and 43% from three. Really just an efficient player and gets it done for the team, whereas Tanjay takes a bit, a few more shots and misses a few more than Cartier. So I think that Cartier's really added to the team and made the team a lot better, but I think that him coming off the bench was a better plan for this team. And I, I would like to see maybe if they experimented with that a little bit, see if that could uh, alleviate some of the issues with the pecking order. I mean, yeah, I, <laughs> I understand where all of that comes from. I think all of that is totally fair assessments. But we do want to talk real quick about Isaiah Stevens and how amazing he is. He's averaging 18.4 points, 6.6 assists, 3.5 rebounds, and a steal on 40% three-point shooting and 46% field goal percentage. He's really been an efficient player. He gets the ball to his teammates and uh, is a great scorer. So it, it's really awesome to see him out there and is second in the team in uh, an average steal. So doing a great job. Again, all of it, all of it makes sense. And I think with a lot of what we're seeing with the team, I think if they are able to start pulling a turnaround, they are going to be doing better in the Mountain West than they have been predicted in the last month. But I don't know if they're going to be able to reach the expectations that we saw at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I I think that a lot of people going into the season expected the men's team to be a bit better than they are currently with Roddy leaving. I think that left a big gap. And I think we lost like five other players to the transfer portal. So it definitely was a bunch for the team to handle but they have been they've been fighting and they've been doing their best to keep up so uh, I'm excited for the rest of the season with this team and, and see where they where they end up they are currently last in the Mountain West however I mean that makes sense with their numbers yeah they are two and eight in conference which is one more loss than Wyoming who has also got two wins in conference but they have won 10 games compared to Fresno and State and Fresno State and Wyoming's seven and 14 records so there are good things and there's bad things they could move up soon but they do have to start messing with the rotations a little bit getting the ball to more players and the bench needs to start producing a lot more with that I think we should move on to women's basketball, a team that the campus should be more excited about. I feel like I don't hear enough about this team. Just generally, when people talk basketball, I don't hear enough about this team who's been playing really well with a bunch of star players. In January, they went 5-3. and three. They started 5-0 and oh in January and then ended it with a three-game losing streak, which they snapped in the first game of February. So that's <laughs> that was their January. Starting 5-0 and oh in January was really good. That five-game winning streak really alleviated a lot of stress after a loss to UNC. NLV uh, in overtime in Las Vegas. They are 14 and 8 overall now and 7 and 4 in conference play. I mean that that is something that deserves to get a little bit more recognition. I understand that men's sports are a little bit more of what's talked about around campus just cuz that can also be slightly more marketable, but I think that the women's teams have really earned the right to be bragged about the same way that we've seen with the men's teams, especially since they're outperforming them. For sure. Um and they are currently fourth in the Mountain West standings for women's basketball. So they're clearly a good team. They're gonna they're gonna make it to the Mountain West playoffs for sure. Or is it championship? It's gonna be the championship because there's playoffs in the championship to win the Mountain West. So they're gonna be in the Mountain West championship most likely at the end of the season. So that's gonna be something to look forward to. They are one game behind Wyoming and San Diego State, who are both eight and three in conference and each have more wins overall than Colorado State. But it's interesting this team because they're eleven and two at 
home, but then two and five in away games. So they really struggle away and can really play off the crowd here. So I think I think that's one thing that's been contributing to the team a lot. I definitely agree. The home crowd energy, despite being slightly less energetic than what you'd see for a normal men's game, is still mm. pretty energetic. Yeah. It's very enjoyable to be at those games. As someone who's gone to those games as a fan a couple times, I really do enjoy the atmosphere there, and I see why it's something that the Rams can feed off of. It's because it's very positive, it's uplifting, and it's cheering for not just hey, let's see something cool. It's, hey, let's see a good game. Yeah, and I think CSU fans always turn out. CSU fans really bring it for their team and really do everything they can to cheer for their team and make their presence felt to be almost that six man on the floor. That is perfectly accurate. (laughs) You are on fire with these today. Thank you. And then we just want to talk about a couple players from the women's basketball team who deserve to be talked about. Obviously, first, McKenna Hofschild, amazing basketball player. She, While she is five foot five and not the biggest lady you'll ever meet she is averaging 21 and a half points and 7.3 assists along with three and a half rebounds shooting 51 percent from the field she's shooting 52 percent from the three-point arc so she's efficient she passes the ball great she gets a, a steal every game she scores the ball really well she's an amazing player and there we could sing her praises all day long well i mean we can also talk about that but we can also talk about destiny thurman and how well she has really gone into being that second scorer Yeah, she's had an amazing season as well. Last week, she had a 29-point game in a win against Fresno State. Caitlin Crocker has also been really big as that third scorer. But Destiny Thurman's really produced for this team. She's averaging 14 points, five rebounds, and two assists, shooting 44% from the field and 43% from three-point land. This team can shoot the basketball from behind the arc really well. It's one of the things that makes this team so dangerous. And and Destiny Thurman it really just elevates the rest of the team around McKenna Hofschild. It does take a little bit more for that Rams team to be able to go for that three-point arc because every once in a while they'll try and do something flashy mm. and it doesn't always work. But when they are when they have options and there's a little bit of freedom there, they're just what's the best way to say it? They they're fire from the They're from fire. The three. Yeah, I mean there's they're incredible from three. There was that the UNLV game I mentioned earlier that went to overtime. It was 91 to 88 at the end of the game. McKenna Offschild scored 37 points. Destiny Thurman scored 25 points in that game. And Kaylin Crocker scored 19 points in that game. Destiny Thurman hitting five of her nine three-point shots in that game. She was on fire and really just providing the team with that stability as that second scorer after McKenna Offschild driving in the paint and doing everything she can to elevate the team every time she touches the ball. I mean, they look good, and I think that there is a good chance that they can make it through to the Mountain West and perhaps even go further in the Mountain West, maybe even make it to the semis. Yeah, I mean, I like this team against anyone. If they can if they can pick up bench play as, as, as the season goes on and they can get a little more production out of the bench, I think that they've got a chance against anyone, especially behind such a star like McKenna Hofschild and a great second option in Destiny Thurman. I think they can ride that throughout the season. Kelly Clark is also a player to mention. She's averaging 6.7 rebounds per game in 20 minutes, which is really good to see. She, I honestly think she should get more minutes just off of her defense and rebounding alone. But this team is a scoring team. They like to hit three-pointers, and that's not what she does. So it's a, it's, it's an interesting interesting thing for this team. But I'm I'm excited to see where they can go. And I honestly, if they see UNLV one more time in, in the potential championship, I, I would pick CSU in that. I mean, honestly, we have seen just, 
Every once in a while, a team can kind of pick apart the one or two flaws that make CSU CSU, and unfortunately, mm-hmm. one of those is the defense. If you are able to heighten that defense a little bit, I think that leaves a lot more room for improvement and also leaves a lot less gaps for your opponents. Yeah, I, th- I mean, the defensive end of basketball is, to me, the most important side of the side of the basketball court. As a as a fan of mostly offensive oriented players, I like to watch offense a little bit more. I think it's flashier. I think it's cooler. But at the end of the day, the thing that wins you games, the things that wins you championships, as the phrase goes, defense wins championships. So if the team can pick up their defensive play, they are leading the Mountain West in scoring. So all they have to do is score a bunch of points and like they usually do and play a little bit more defense. And I think they have a chance against anyone. I mean, I think you're right. And I think that's all we have for the women's team. That is true. That is all we have for the women's team. Um, We're going to move on to women's swim and dive now the women's swim and dive team is went 2-0 and 1 in january and got a second overall finish at the air force invitational now they are 8-0 and 1 on the season and 3-0 in conference for anyone who doesn't know about how good this women's swim and dive team is they haven't lost since the beginning of last season they have gone they went 14-0 and last season, and this year they're 8-0-1, which means they have been on the second longest undefeated streak in program history, which is incredible. Oh, definitely. And we have seen that this team plays hard. They go for it. Despite it being an individual sport, you do see that this is still a team mm-hmm. of women that care about each other and work hard to support each other. And a lot of things I've read about the team, they really bring it for each other. They, they're they there for each other all the time, and and. They describe themselves as fierce and, and ready to fight every time they come out to do a meet. So it's uh, they're an interesting team. They're a really fun team, and the coach really believes in them. Uh, recently, he was asked about the team, and he said that they were a bunch of kids uh, who refused to lose and not let go. And I think that's a really good thing to say about this team, especially with how they've how they've just, as we've mentioned, haven't lost still since the start of last season. So they're really impressive, and I, I do like their odds going in to Mountain West in a couple months. I'm entirely with you, and I think that they have a lot of opportunity to keep going, keep growing, and keep shining. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I think that Swim and Dive is always one of our better teams, so I'm excited to see what they can do at Mountain West later this year. We're going to move on to the track and field team. In January, they had a lot of podium finishes, so this is kind of going to be a lot. But at the Colorado Invitational in the men's shot put, they finished first and second. That was Mar- Mariano Keese and Jackson Morris in first and second, respectively. Then in women's shot put, you had Maya Lesnar in first, Gabby McDonald in second, and Michaela Hawkins in third. Then you had at the women's weight throw, Maya Lesnar in first, and then Michaela Hawkins in second. Then in men's 60-meter hurdles, you had Jermaine Barnes in third. Then in women's 60-meter hurdles, you had Jazara Davis in third. Then in women's 60-meter, you had Abigail Grillo in third place. Then in the women's 400-meter, you had Grace Goldsworthy in first. Then in the men's 800-meter, you had Ryan Berkmeyer in second and Levi Killian in third. In the women's 800 meter Quinn McConnell in first then in the men's 200 meter Tyler Colwell in third and then for the women's 200 meter you had Tay Raymond in third 
And then to round out this one, for the women's 3,000 meter, uh, you had Sarah Carter in first, Annabelle Stafford in second, and Emily Chaston in third. They had two more invitationals in January, and they had similar amounts of success. I'm not going to read all of those again because there was so many, but they had about as many first, second, third finishes in those two as well. So they've been playing amazing, and and they've really brought it to everyone they've competed against so they're they're doing a fantastic job this season and their January was full of success this was definitely one of their biggest successes that we have seen and it's only about to get bigger as they have more competitions starting in February beginning of February like right at the beginning I believe on the third and fourth they're already going to be going into more of their February season yeah I think that this February is going to be determining a lot of how how they go into Mountain West at the end of their season but they've been playing really well and we talked about this on Ramblers we kind of feel like they're representing the school so well it's almost like they're defining CSU as a quote-unquote track and field school in a similar way to Alabama or Georgia as a football school not in that like we're that good at track and field but in that that's kind of our main sport or whatever like it's just they are so good that people want to come here because of that I like the use of main sport or whatever (laughs) yeah I know very very technical terminology obviously Um, (laughs) what we do best I mean, we have so many nice things to say about the track and field, but uh, unless you want to hear me read names off for another two minutes straight, I think uh, we should move on to women's tennis, who started their competitive season with two games in January. They went one and one in those games, so they are one and one overall on the season now, with no conference matches yet so far. But great start to the season, and they competed in the ITA All-American, which is the first time in program history in October, I believe, and then they also have just been competing really well against good schools and in good fashion. So I've been admiring this team from afar this season, and I'm just really excited to see what they can do later in the season when they go to Mountain West. I mean, you honestly said it. We have been following the tennis team, of course, in the sports department because that is what we do. And it's been really impressive to see this team sort of grow and change, especially with a new coach over the last couple of years and seeing that a lot of things are just growing and building into a program that people are proud of. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are super proud of this tennis team. One of the things that the coach actually wanted to do when coming into this team was to rebuild the infrastructure of the team and really set a new standard for what CSU women's tennis is and what it means to be a tennis player at CSU. So it was really cool to see from that. And obviously that has been become big for the team two new players to the team that joined last year or this year who are Radka Buskova and Sarka Richterova they are signaling change for the program and setting a new standard for CSU tennis with their top-notch play Radka Buskova was the player who got CSU invited to the to the ITA All-American and really performed well over there so you know it's it's really nice to see those players representing the school so well and it's clear that this coach knows what she's doing both in recruiting and being able to elevate her players to the best place they can be well something that is slightly off topic but i think also is a bit poignant i actually have uh, buskova she's in one of my classes and she's very passionate and invites people all the time to come and see the matches at the tennis arena and i think that's really cool that she is proud in her work and what her team is doing to say hey come and see us live yeah i mean 
any player who's as proud as she obviously is of their play and, and, and what they're up to, I think you can really trust that and be like, okay, this team is good and we can trust this player who's inviting us to the game. Yeah, we can go to that and we're going to see her destroy. Yeah, let's, let's, that's, that's the best way to put it. I mean, we have seen some amazing stuff this month and this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, I'm so excited for the rest of the season. They, they've they got games, I think, through the end of March, so they'll be playing a bunch, and, and we'll see where they end up this season. But I believe they finished around fifth in Mountain West last year, so I'm excited to see if they can move up at least into the top three, if not the top two this year. But we shall see. Time will tell, right? Time will tell, and that will do for the January sports recap. That's all of the teams that competed this month, and there's they're the only teams, as far as we know, competing in February as well. So we'll have more for you next month on these teams. And we're really excited to see where they can where they can improve and where they can go in the coming days. So keep listening to the KCSU Sports Podcast for more recaps at the end of every month. For Eliza Drotar and Ewan Pert and the rest of the KCSU Sports team, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the KCSU Sports Podcast. For more sports content, go to kcsufm.com and head to the Sports tab to check out all of the amazing content we have available for you. Don't forget to tune in to 90.5 KCSU-FM Tuesdays through Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. for live sports content.